Good morning. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Writing. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and this is a show where we talk about authentic, complex female characters and the real life experiences they're sometimes based upon. Uh, we do it with uh, a lot of irreverence, a little bit of oversharing, occasional profanity, and vast quantities of whatever gets us through the day. Be that wine at 11 in the morning, Eastern time, or coffee out here in Wyoming, where I am today. I make it a, a challenge to be in a different location every time we do the show. And today I had no internet and it was a snowstorm on the mountain. And so I drove into town for an alternate location, but I feel the warmth because joining me today from Atlanta, I believe, where it's nice and warm, is Wendy Wax, the author of the 10 Beach Road series. And we're here to talk about her most recent novel, Best Beach Ever. And I am just delighted to have her. Hello, Wendy. Hi there, great to be here. And it is warmer here, I have no doubt. It's 29 here, don't rub that in. Oh my gosh. I don't, yeah, okay, I don't do 29, but I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Well, and all your all your um, fiction that I'm familiar with, although we'll talk about some of your other books as well, the 10 Beach Road series, very beachy. And I'm careful there to say beachy and not the other word. <laughs> yeah, not the other word, right. But very beachy. So tell me how that came about. Um, you know, it's so funny. I actually didn't set out to write beach reads. Uh, it, you know, again, we were talking a little earlier about the fact that I think you know, what you write just happens sometimes, comes out of your background and everything else. And to be fair, I did grow up in Florida on a beach. And in fact, the 10 Beach Road novels, the very first novel, 10 Beach Road, is set on the tip of Grill, which is the southernmost tip of St. Petersburg Beach on the west coast of Florida, which is where I grew up. So, um, you know, I didn't set out to do that. It is just how that story worked and where it felt right. And then afterward, I actually started hitting beaches all over Florida. That wasn't intentional either. But how fun. I mean, the research for that must have been, you know, incredible. <laughs> Yeah, really rough, but you know. <laughs> Pack a bag, a little sunscreen, and um, you have your next location to scout. Well, I think I think it's fantastic. And having spent many years as a beach person myself and written a few books that are beachy, I know that readers appreciate the escape. Sometimes they're stuck in 29 degrees with snow, and those beachy books are just what the doctor ordered. And I, speaking of that, I really enjoyed um, Best Speech Ever. Just loved it. And I appreciate the opportunity to get to read it, to talk to you. Thank you. Great to be can here. You, can you tell, for those people that haven't read it, can you tell us just enough of a teaser? I don't want any plot spoilers, but uh, to, uh, for, for them to get their, their juices wetted for reading it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. It is part of what is a series, it didn't start out that way, but it began with a, beat, uh, a book called 10 Beach Road, which um, I wrote actually because it was right after Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme, and I was, uh, you know, I couldn't stop reading about it, I couldn't stop looking at it, it was just so horrifying what had happened. And for, you know, I think for writers, for all of us, 
often you start picturing yourself in situations and that's when that what if begins. And for me, it was, oh my God, you know, what if that happened to me? What if my husband um, had invested all our money in this and I didn't know it and he lost everything and he didn't tell me until he was, you know, had lost his job and everything we had and was pretending to go to work, you know, every day when he, you know, he couldn't. And what if when I found out, you know, he couldn't deal with things anymore and I had to step up and save our family and, and our life as we knew it. Or, you know, what if I'd grown up on my father's construction sites after our mother did, my mother deserted us and everything he had built all those years um, for us was lost in this Ponzi scheme? Or what if I was, you know, someone who pulled myself out of poverty and became this famous dating guru and A-list matchmaker and the person who perpetrated the scheme and stole everything I had was the younger brother that I have raised and that's where the characters from 10 Beach Road came from uh, um, Madeline Singer, Avery Lawford and Nicole Grant and in that particular story they wake up um, one morning strangers who discover they've lost everything in this Ponzi scheme and when the dust settles all they have left is shared ownership of a dilapidated beachfront mansion and being from Grill originally as, as I said I set this um, house there and they go there thinking they'll at least have something left, you know, something they can sell, something that belongs to them. And when they get there, they discover this incredibly great 1920s Mediterranean revival style mansion right on the tip, you know, of the Gulf of Mexico and, and the Bay. And when they get there, it's in such horrible shape that, you know, they can't possibly sell it. And they spend this long, sweat-soaked summer trying to bring it back to life. And in the process, they become really close friends. So that is where the series began. Um, frankly, at the time I wrote it, it, it was a standalone. I thought I had completed it to everyone's satisfaction, including my own and the characters. And <laughs> I moved on because, you know, in this business, that's what happens. I mean, right now I'm writing the book. I'm just finishing revisions on the book that will be out in May. So you're always, you know, a year ahead, basically. Right. So I was, um, you know, already halfway through a new novel, and I was in New York having uh, lunch with my editor at the time. And people were—I was hearing from so many people who loved these characters, and I didn't seem quite done with them. And and I said to her, you know, it's really a shame I'm writing this instead of, you know, a sequel to Ten Beach Road. And she said, well, you know, you can if you want to. Uh, so. I had to decide and I actually set aside half a book, which as you know, not an easy thing. I know, I know, that's what, 50,000 words, oh no. But it, you know, it was a great opportunity and I have to say those characters, they, you know, they were still there. I wasn't finished with them, I realized. And the thing was, I, I actually had to go back and reread the book and figure out how to move forward with them. It would have been way easier if I had known I was writing a series big lesson but it was um, it was really fun and that led to um, basically they end up uh, doing a show called do-over which of course represents also what is happening in their lives and they are, are what they think they're going to be doing is renovating homes for a television series and in the next book they get to South Beach and when they get there to do this great art deco streamline they discover that the network has changed the focus of the show and, and now it's a reality TV show and all of the cameras are aimed at them. So we go from there, they we hit South Beach after that's South Beach, then we go to um 
to uh, the Keys where I wrote the house on Mermaid Point where they have to, you know, bring, bring back this private island of this aging downers like Southern rock star. And then I've moved back up. So, so basically it is, it is journeys of self-discovery. It is these characters, you know, figuring out who they are, what they're made of. Um, you know, I am drawn to writing about friendships repeatedly because, you know, I think that is so elemental. You know, those of us who have some really close friends that, you know, we keep for long periods of time, I think are really lucky. And I just keep, I'm just keeping drawn to writing those kinds of situations. So how many, how many are in the series now? Best Beach Ever is actually the sixth novel in the series. And there are also two holiday novellas that were part of it. And it's been really fascinating. I feel so privileged to get to continue with these characters. And for me, the biggest thing is, that character growth. You know, I think that without real growth, characters like real people, I guess, are not that satisfying. And so the big challenge for me has been over time to see that growth, to see how their friendship has grown and changed, to see the relationships and all the things that are now different, you know, as they've gone through these novels together. And I'll be honest, when I wrote Best Speech Ever, initially I thought, oh, this will be the last one. You know, I'm going to wrap it all up. It'll, you know, leave it really in a satisfying way. And um, honestly, I got done and I thought, oh, am I really ready to let go? I mean, I'm ready to write something else at this moment, which is what I've done, but do I really want to be finished? And then, frankly, I've gotten so much mail from, you know, 10 Beach Road fans who are like, this isn't the last one, right? And so I, so no, it's not, it's not. There will be more. <laughs> I, well, say, I was afraid to stop, I can't stop, so. And, you know, when I think about the characters, um, they definitely were left in places where there's plenty of opportunity for them to keep growing. I mean, you know, I've always thought that the, I want, when I see people I haven't seen in 20 years, I want them to say, you look just the same. With <laughs> but if they say you're just like you always were, well, that can't possibly be true. Right. I mean, as, as people, as women, we go through so many things that change us every single year, every single weekday, month, whatever. So it's exciting to think you can keep going. Um, I, I especially want to see where Bitsy goes, because as you started by saying, you know, the genesis of some of the, the ideas and, and what would it be like to have somebody that you thought you knew betray you and everything you thought you had be gone. Um, is terrifying to um, you know to think that the person in your relationship could do that. So for me, that's just really rich fodder for continued growth for her. There's been a lot of um, there's a big evolution I think in the course of these novels. And Bitsy actually comes to the story and the friendship later. She's someone who appears in the first couple of books in a much smaller role. She was actually someone who Nicole Grant, when she was a matchmaker and dating guru. She um, actually matched her up with her husband, and um, it had appeared that they had had a happy marriage for quite a long time. So she appeared in a, a few novels 
bubbles, um, but it isn't until I think it's Sunshine Beach when she really, you know, things change radically for her and she ends up being a real part of the group. And in this book, her story and, you know, finally trying to bring her husband to justice is is a big part of that story. In this, um, in this one also, Madeline Singer, who has evolved over the years from a, an empty nester who, you know, has been in a long marriage. I don't want to spoil anything. That's the hard thing. <laughs> You know, who, who as her life circumstances have changed very much over the years. And she is going on tour with William Hightower, who was the owner, who is still the owner of Mermaid Point, the private island near Isla Mirada, which they, you know, brought back to life against his will pretty much. So, you know, there's a relationship with him. Uh, all of the characters are dealing with new and different things. And Nikki, in fact, not to ruin too many things, things, but she becomes, you know, a mother for the first time of twins at 47, which was, I must say, kind of fun to write, ouch. Yeah, I mean, you know, her life is, I think that's what's been really fun to write, is it is changes in so many different ways. That's real to do. So, as, as a, yeah, the journey has been. Is a something something woman, which I'll put the blank, fill in the blanks for you. Fifty-one year old woman. Um, I love reading about someone getting their sexy back at this age, or or something that I would never want to go through, like having babies at this age. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it's better than better than having it happen to you in real life in some respects, and in others, it's oh, I could so do that. It's one of the things I think that's most satisfying about your books. You get this broad range of experiences with these friends and some you can relate to and some you're horrified by and some break your heart and, and you get all those big feels in, in one package. Um, Thank you. So well, Madeline, Madeline Singer, you know, who in essence ends up having a relationship with a rock star in her fifties. That was for me the ultimate fantasy that, that I wrote. In fact, I fell in love with, you know, Will Hightower as I was writing him. And uh, yeah, my, my characters tend to skew um, their older women, although, you know, there's um, Kyra. Kyra, Madeline's daughter, who's 25, 26, 27, and she's a very big part of the story. In fact, in this book, her, um, her son by a, a famous celebrity is now going to be a, as a four-year-old in the movie his first his father's first directorial debut which she is not happy about but we follow her story as well but you know madeline singer and a well, avery's in her late 30s um nikki obviously is you know late 40s madeline is in her 50s so yes i think writing that range of female experience has really been it's really appealed to me to get to do that. And I agree, you know, we're not done. I mean, that's the point. I, I think that younger female characters can certainly be interesting and I love having them as a part of the mix. But I think that, you know, it's not over when you hit 40 or 50, it's not, as we know. Well, I don't know how old you are, so I take that back, but I'm just saying. 51, 51, <laughs> but it isn't and, uh, and Personally, you know, I, I like you. I enjoy including younger characters. I enjoy the younger women in my life. My daughters are in their twenties. Um, one just hit her three zero, but um, they're they're younger women, and I think they're fantastic. 
but I'm most fascinated by maturity and and that and how that mixes with the different generations. Um, one thing that when I've been reading your books that I wondered about, just because I'm nosy, is uh, are you part of a big lifelong friend group like um, the characters in the Ten Beach Road books? Well, no, I'm not, to tell you the truth. I mean, I have some very close writer friends. In fact, I have been critiquing with Karen White uh, for 21 years, longtime friend and critique partner, Susie Crandall, Susan Crandall, who's a wonderful writer also. She's um, in Indiana. Uh, so we, we do this mostly online at this point and have retreats once a year. So they are, you know, they they are that for me, but I haven't known them forever. I mean, I met them when I moved into the writing world after another career. So yeah, I was shocked when I realized Karen, what we, we've been critiquing for and, and published basically for 21 years. It's sort of shocking to me that that all this time has has gone by. And and so yes, that relationship is so important. I mean, they are. The, I think we are there for each other. We also understand the business in ways that it's hard for people who are not in it. You know, to understand, I have written numerous writer characters because, frankly, you know, sometimes I just have to vent or I have to share it. I had an earlier book called The Accidental Bestseller, which is a story about four writers who help each other survive the publishing industry. And it's a very real look at what it is to be a working writer in traditional publishing and and so on. Um, I've always said the names have been changed to protect the innocent, but you know, I hope there are people in New York who have recognized themselves because pretty much everything <laughs> in that book, that's exaggerated, but pretty much everything in that book has happened to me or some other writer that I know. Um, in fact, the book I'm working on right now has a writer character again. I'm sort of drawn to that as well because um, someone needs to speak for us, I think. But to the friendship thing, no, I, mean, I have to tell you the truth. When I meet people who, you know, had really close friends since they were in elementary school or high school or even college, I'm sometimes really jealous. I do have friends now who I feel that, you know, I feel that with and I treasure it. But partly I think I'm I'm drawn to writing this because I don't have as much of it as I want. And I actually think, listen, women are like the strongest human beings on the planet as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, I, I, you know I, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir at this moment, but you know, we are often, you know, we often are, you know, the, I didn't give you the right word, but you know, our families depend on us. I think we're tough and we get through things when we have to, when the world falls down around us, there we are. And that's of course, when we, you know, when we're so grateful to have real friends to turn to. And that is what I write about. They're not always people who've been friends forever, but, but that friendship, that support system, just so important. And um, something I'm really, I just, I, I, I don't know, someday I may get tired of writing about this, but at this moment, it's hard to imagine not doing it. Well, we were talking earlier about um, a friend group that you wrote about, and I believe she's represented by someone behind you. <laughs> Do you, you see the Tell us about 
me. Um, I don't think she wants to be my friend, but um, yes, I wrote a book some time ago uh, called While We Were Watching Downton Abbey, and it, uh, it, it really came about because of my addiction to that show. I think that was the first thing I ever binge-watched because I had missed the first, I think I had missed the first season, and you know, I kept hearing about it and all of that, and, and then I, I watched, and really I was locked in a TV room for long periods of time, and uh, I was just completely hooked. And so in this case, I thought, oh, this is so cool. And I knew so many people, and women especially, who just love the series and the characters and all of that. And I started thinking, wow, wouldn't it be cool to be able to write something that, you know, that, that involves that or that it, it's the thing that brings the characters together. And so I did do that. Um, they all live in a fictional high rise in Atlanta. Um, and uh, the concierge of the building actually starts having viewing parties once a week. And, you know, and so these particular women come to the viewing parties and, you know, start their friendship. So it was really fun to write. And the funny thing is, when I wrote it, I had, you know, I hadn't been to Highclere Castle. I mean, I was just a viewer, you know, like everybody else. I did work for PBS for a long time in my past career in broadcasting. And so, you know, that was really cool that, it, you know, there was that connection too. But a year or two after the series ended, I ended up going with a good friend here, Grania, uh, who grew up in London and all of that. Anyway, we did a, a girls trip to England and also Paris we went to, and we went to Highclere Castle together. And was fun. it was so much fun. I just had the best time. But yeah, so that 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 is a really, that book is very dear to my heart. And I can't tell you how excited I am that there's really going to be a movie. It's supposed to come out next September, I think. I'm excited about it too. I tried to find something to replace it in, you know, programming lineups and, and I found other shows, but I just didn't find something that filled that niche for me in my heart. Yeah. No, no, I feel the same way. It, it's yeah, I really missed it. And I, so, oh, so I never even, so the Dowager Countess exists because at the time I thought, oh, she's so cool. Wouldn't it be fun if she went on tour with me and came to events with me? And so that's what happened. She she came to stay at my house. I did a kind of a fun PowerPoint about her visit and took her places with me and all of that. So she's when we moved, she came with me. She sits in my office and kind of stares over my shoulder while I'm writing. So she's like she's like an editor, you know. That's a disapproving <laughs> look on her face permanently. Like you can do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very very encouraging. <laughs> Well, um, I, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, before we start to wrap things up, I want to be sure that people know where they can go to find out more about you, where they can meet you, other books they can pick up. Um, so if you could give your most favorite place for people to go and look for you, that would be helpful. Well, I'm certainly on um, Facebook and all social media. Um, pretty, and my website is authorwendywax.com because I will tell you there is another Wendy Wax. Uh, she writes children's books. We discovered each other when we were first being published and setting up websites. And it turns out that we are related to each other and never knew each other. Is that bizarre? Yes. That is totally bizarre. Oh my gosh, and she got to wendywax.com first, but we discovered through emails that our grandfathers were brothers and we had never met each other, never knew each other. Our husbands are both named John, our mothers were both named Elaine. It was, it was, it was, 
wild. I met her uh, on a trip to New York. So, um, so it's authorwendywax.com. That's the only reason I'm telling that whole story is so you will, if you get somewhere and you see even firefighters go to the potty, that is not my book. Okay. <laughs> Although I love the title so much, I kind of wish it were. But, but, um, so no, I write uh, adult contemporary women's fiction and, and she is, is writes, children, writes and illustrates children books. She's very talented, but that's not me. So what's the next book you have coming out and when? I'm working, um, I'm actually, as I told you, I am so close to finishing revisions on a book that'll be out in May. It's called My Ex-Best Friend's Wedding, actually. Great. And, yeah, you know, and uh, it's a story about two former best friends, the woman who mothered both of them and the wedding that could either bring them together or tear them apart forever. And uh, it's also set in New York City, actually, and in the Outer Banks, which was a place I had never been before and am madly in love with now. So that's due out in May. Oh, that sounds fun. I look forward to that one. Um, I love the Outer Banks. I stopped there on a... a kind of a, a hiatus during a book tour. And if it just hadn't rained the entire time I was there, I probably never would have left. It was fantastic. But um, yeah, it's really incredible. I, I grew up on the West Coast and you know, in, on the Gulf of Mexico and, and it's so tame compared to what you find there. Anyway, it was fascinating. Well, and so much great fiction set there as well. So what I, um, Oops, hold on here. I was gonna play my, here, this is the live video thing we were talking about earlier. I was gonna play my outro music, but I okay. couldn't find it. So pretend this really cool music is playing. Okay, now we can while just start, you know, like let's, yeah, it's awesome, okay. <laughs> Yay. Um, while I uh, do the obligatory announcement that this has been a copyrighted production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network and is solely owned by the same. Well, I hope you'll join me um, for more of these shows where we talk with authors about their great female characters. And um, I also do want to throw in, because we didn't talk about wine in this episode, that there was a lot of wine drinking in um, Best Speech Ever. I was glad to see. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wine <laughs> is important. I would be drinking it right now, except it is 11 in the morning and I still have to work. But other than that, I'm a big fan of wine. Just saying. <laughs> I'm either going to have to start having these shows on the weekend or in the evening. So but by the end oh, of the show. That thing would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We could have a wine club. It's to just turn it into a wine club. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, you'll have to come back for that. Well, everyone, thank you for joining in. You're going to have to go out and pick up Wendy's books. They really are a delight. And until next time, I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and I'll see you on Wine, Women, and Writing. And Wendy, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. <laughs>